Hi, everyone. I'm George. And I'm Kelsey. And you're listening to the Box Officers Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Please continue to support us by leaving us a star rating and review whenever you're listening to this episode. Watching a bad movie is like witnessing a serious crime, but have no fear. The box officers are here. Each episode, Kelsey and I will review a new movie, and at the end of each episode, we will classify the film according to the severity of the punishment. Films can be convicted of a felony, a misdemeanor, an infraction, or on the rare occasion found innocent. Now, a lot of you guys have been sending us requests to review a very specific movie, and I'm happy to tell you your requests have not fallen on deaf ears. Now, without further ado, the moment you've been all waiting for. This week, we are going to review the film Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. So if you have not watched the movie yet, pause this episode now and go watch it because you're about to hear a lot of spoilers. Now let's get into the episode. Banderas stars in Puss in Boots. A well-known hero and outlaw throws a party at the governor's house in the town of Del Mar and unintentionally awakens a nearby giant. Puss defeats the giants and saves the town, but a bell kills him. Puss awakens in the hospital where a doctor advises him to stop adventuring because he has used eight of his nine lives. Puss initially declines, but that evening in a nearby pub, he runs into a mysterious black hooded roof who disarms him and slashes his forehead in a duel. Puss runs away to Mama Luna's house and ceremoniously buries his clothes in her garden. Kelsey? Well, at this (laughs) point, (laughs) it's hard because it's like an animated film, so it's harder to digest it. So I, at this point in the film, I feel like we're just really setting up the plot. And I liked... At this point, the only thing I'm really thinking about is, wow, I really like the animation. Yes. I thought it was so cool. It was very different from some of the work we've seen DreamWorks produce before, but I liked it. That's really the only thing that was going through my head. Honestly, I have the same experience as well. And if we look at the timeline of this, we know that the first Puss in Boots sort of came out 11 years ago at this point. And I feel like the way that a lot of us see Puss in Boots is kind of what I expected walking in. And it's not a good or bad thing. It was just like, oh, Puss in Boots, I expect this. But this was not what I expected to see. It was just so much more vibrant. And I feel like it was very intentional, not just because of the natural progression of animations it was just very much like we want this movie to be the top of the top animation style even though it just might be oh a shrek spinoff it's like no we're gonna put all our effort into this and i definitely felt that i felt like it almost at times felt like i was watching an anime just because of the style of animation it was cool and then um we're kind of meeting some essential characters here while at mama luna's house he meets perito the little doggy so later when goldilocks and the three bears crime family visits luna's house in search of puss they discover his grave 
and puts over here some disgusting go magical wishing star that can grant one wish to anyone carrying its map. And how corrupt pastry chef and magical artifact collector Jack Horner is scheduled to receive the map that evening. When Puss breaks into Horner's bakery to steal the map and save his lives, he unintentionally runs into Kitty Softpaws, his bitter ex-fiance, who is also looking for the map. Puss, Kitty, and the stray dog, the cats call Perito, and Goldilocks and Horner engage in a brief battle before escaping with the map. Goldilocks, the bears, Horner, and his henchmen give chase, and Puss spots the hooded wolf again while fleeing. Not going to lie, at first I was like, why is Goldilocks in it? I mean, I know it said it was a fairy tale, but I low-key was like, did we need her specifically? But I actually liked it because I feel like they're tying in the whole, like, like you know how Puss in Boots is like a spinoff. Of, but he was a character in Shrek, a side character. So it's like now Puss has his own little side characters, but they're all like part of this greater fabric of this magical universe that, you know, has some original characters, but a lot of the characters are characters that we're all familiar with. So it's kind of nice to see like her tie in to Puss' story. And yeah, I really kind of enjoyed it. True. And I also had a thought later on. Um, after I was done hating, because at first I was like, okay, kind of random, but I think what they were trying to do is kind of give us another example of a somewhat family unit, because I think at this point we're kind of getting the idea that we have Puss, Kitty, and Perito as like a little friendship family, and then you have Goldilocks and the Three Bears in this other family unit, and there's probably some comparison um, to be made there kind of fitting in with the theme of the movie overall so I'm gonna let them have it I, I feel like it's not a good movie podcast episode if I don't try to hate something um, I'm like why are you hating on Goldie because it has to be controversial <laughs> what she do to you <laughs> so I was just like yeah I think I'll pick on them yeah you're not the first person to actually have that Goldie lock um critique i've actually heard that a lot like if the a lot of people say that if the film did have a critique it would be something like along the lines of the goldilocks thing but it was also a b plot so it's not necessarily like the main the main oomph of the movie so it's like you can't really complain that much but i think that just shows to say like how good the movie was i feel like you're validating me right now so i wasn't the only one you're not like Hmm, okay. But no, they did it well. Well, as we know, the map takes the group to the Dark Forest, a pocket dimension where the landscape differs depending on who is holding the map. Puss and Kitty each get a dark, hellish landscape, which Perito sees a vibrant, seemingly peaceful forest. Puss notices the Hooded Wolf once more during the battle with Horner and Goldilocks forces and fleece. Puss notices the hooded wolf once more during a battle with Horner's and Goldilocks' forces, and he flees, which causes Kitty to become distracted and allows Goldilocks to take the map. Puss admits leaving Kitty at the altar on the day of their wedding after Perito calms him down during a panic attack. Overhearing them, Kitty later admits she didn't go to the wedding either because she didn't want to compete with someone who loved themselves more than she did. That was a very loaded plot 
Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of like where the movie was like, this is for grown-ups. This is for grown folk. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I have seen on Twitter the video of, you know, Puss having his panic attack over and over and over and every time I watch it. Now, I will say this. I saw it before I saw the movie. You know, it it was on Twitter and I couldn't resist clicking on it. And the tweet said, this is the most accurate representation of a panic attack I have ever seen in a movie ever. And I was like, you've got to be exaggerating because it's a cat. (laughs) I'm like, let's be serious. Let's have some decorum please. And so I clicked on the video. I was like, all right, let's see what they're talking about. And it was cute. And I watched it over and over and over and over again, because I just saw this cute little dog doing cute little, um, what do you call them? What do you call those animals (laughs) that help people? Oh, therapy dogs. Yeah. I just saw this cute little therapy dog. Yes. Emotional support animal. And I was like, oh, my goodness, it's so cute. It, like, broke my heart in the best kind of way. Um, would I say that it's the most accurate representation of a panic attack? No. Can I give you a better example? No. And I'm not going to try to. So everyone's just going to have to be mad at me. Um, but it was good. It was good, and I liked it. The girls are going to tussle. Yeah. Some of y'all might be mad at me, but it must be said. honestly I think the medium in which this was shown is kind of what gave it like gravity and depth and weight because a lot of people weren't expecting it which even if you were expecting it which I don't think anybody was expecting it you know especially as this movie was competing with Avatar like we kind of expected this to be like you know in the shadow Avatar getting everything and Avatar did get some time to shine but I think this really outperformed and pushed above what it was meant to stay it was meant to stay in this small box and it definitely exceeded our expectations I think that's fair because you know I definitely wasn't expecting it to have the depth that it did um And also, I like the storyline of Puss and Kitty. I love them. I want them to have little kittens together. And then again, we have this super creepy wolf running through the forest. It was scary. I was scared. Maybe I'm too old to be scared, but I was scared. No, it was definitely a good, like, I love the dark animation. The villain actually put a little bit of no fear into me especially at this age and you know we age of the internet we kind of become desensitized by a lot of things but it still had those elements that kind of speak to the human soul and you know some of our you know defensive systems go up when we see that villain but still in a very protected way and i also like the cute moments again my angel my soulmate perito he is everything and I could not get enough it was so fun and I liked it I feel like it needed that balance it needed the cute fun moments but it also needed the dark suspenseful climax kind of moments and I think they did all of that very well and I love how there was like layers to everything like you could obviously look at this film very surface level and see like the villain like is 
death, but it's also just the villain. So you could just be like, oh, a scary guy chasing him. Of course, he would run. But you also look at the deeper meaning that it's like death. And we can kind of apply that to our own lives. For example, when the Goldilocks crew becomes sidetracked by a manifestation of their woodland cottage, you know, we can kind of see that as someone in real life being distracted by their dreams. And then Puss and Kitty reclaim the map from her. Perito is taken prisoner by the bears as Puss is imprisoned in a crystal cave as the landscape changes and Kitty is left to retrieve Perito by herself. Crystal's representation of Puss' previous life that he encounters inside a cave make fun of him for altering his haughty demeanor. Returning as death, the hooded wolf explains that he wants to kill Puss as retaliation for wasting his previous lives. Kitty and Frida watch as Puss feeds in the panic with the map. The bears are devastated when Goldilocks says that she wants a human family, but they still agree to assist her. All of that was very depressing and heartbreaking. Literally is. Like, it was super sad, especially, like, she was like, they still want a real family, but the bears wanted to still help her. Like, it just shows that sometimes, like, if you really love somebody and they really love something, like, you'll still want to help them, even if it means, like, you're at a disadvantage. And you still, like, I think it's just a really human plot. And like I said, the medium might not be human or very human-like, but it still shows, like, the so much humanity. I agree. And I think this is another example of where we kind of get that parallel to the family dynamic that is being created between Puss and Kitty and Perito, because at this point, Kitty's going to save their like friendship son, Perito, and whole time Puss is, you know, going through this super scary scene. And that is when it is revealed to us that the wolf is actually death. I'm going to be honest, the whole time I was like, again, I get that this is a fairy tale. I get that there's fairy tale characters, but if we're going to have the wolf, where is Little Red Riding Hood? Make it make sense. I think I just cared too much in a, a kid's movie. It kind of makes sense in the, like, there's always the, we have like the saying, the big bad wolf, whereas the wolf is always in fairy tale movies. Like, of course, in Little Red Riding Hood, he's like the main antagonist, but also in general, like in this fairy tale world, he's probably seen as like the worst person. True. And wasn't there uh there was the the fairy tale with the wolf and the pig? Yeah, the boy who called wolf the piggies. Oh my like, goodness. There's so always, many. Yeah. So he is literally in the fairy tale world, he represents death to a fairy tale character, probably. Whoa. Yeah. So he is their manifestation of death. You and really are I ate. right now I'm yeah eating. okay redacted <laughs> um, <laughs> so I have spoken to a few people and also seen online that people were saying they were crying during this film I'm assuming this is around the time that people are crying I don't know maybe I'm just like a stone cold person I didn't cry at all I was not close to crying. The only <laughs> time I felt like, oh my gosh, again, was during the whole little panic attack thing. And then I felt sad when Kitty and Perito thought that Puss had just completely abandoned them and they didn't know that he was literally running from death, like running for his life. 
But things eventually kind of work out because when Puss gets to the wishing star, Kitty chastises him for being self-centered and admits that her wish was to meet a trustworthy person. When Goldilocks, the bears, and Horner arrive, a fight breaks out and Horner is imprisoned inside his magical bottomless bag while Goldilocks forfeits her wish to save baby bear. Later, death shows up as well, traps Puss with him in a ring of fire and challenges him to another duel. Instead of wishing for more lives, Puss engages death in combat and disarms him while adamantly declaring that he will keep fighting for his last life. Seeing that Puss has lost his arrogance and finally accepted his mortality, Death reluctantly spares Puss, but makes the reassurance to him that they will cross paths again. And that was just, like, another, like, deep part of this movie where it's, like, since you're fighting for your life now, like, and you really are, like, respecting the life that you have within you, even though it might not be much, but you're fighting for it, he kind of won that battle. But he won't win the war, and that's fine. Yeah. I think one of the themes is definitely to value your day-to-day, value your life, value the time you have with the people that are here now, and to kind of live in the moment with gratitude. Yeah, and being humble and, like, losing that arrogance that we all have in, in, in us and just trying to be better every day. And this is literally, if you look on my Instagram bio, I have Memento Mori which means remember death. And it's a very stoic type of way to know that all day, like every, we must die in the end. It's death is the ultimate equalizer. And it's, it's, it's a heavy topic. I was going to say, whoa, we got dark. (laughs) 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 Like it is dark. Like, but at the same time, there's a light to it, you know, a lightness that you feel once you accept it. You must always remember it. And I think Puss will always remember that death said, I will be there for sure. It it will happen. And if he lives with that every day, he, he can always appreciate every day and make be very intentional in what he does. There we go. There's the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> There's the lights. You know, I also really liked that Goldilocks, you know, kind of redeemed herself in my eyes, saving baby bear. That was cute. Yes. If I were going to cry, that would have been a moment that, like, water entered my eye. I don't know if the tear would have rolled, but I definitely would have been, like, moist. Yeah, because she gave up something that she wanted to save something that, like, like her loved one, basically, basically what they did in the beginning where they gave up something that they loved, like her, to help her, and she did the same thing, and that just shows, like, a very non-toxic relationship everyone should be giving and sometimes you will lose stuff but if you really love the person then you should you know it should be a circle like a very continuous giving circle the giving tree a giving tree yes it's a book (laughs) and I just want to say I knew it was going to end like that like obviously Puss was going to redeem himself obviously he was going to be like actually I'm okay with living the one life I have and I'm going to do the most with it and not take it for granted okay and I know that's not like really a flex because I'm definitely a grown woman figuring out a plot made for like an (laughs) eight-year-old but I still wanted to say predictable um but that being said 
beautiful, and I thought the movie was finished. Because why wouldn't it be? You know? But they said, wait, there's more. Because Homer emerges from his bag as a giant after consuming a magic growth cookie, taking the map away from Puss and Kitty. The wishing star collapses and swallows Horner as Puss, Kitty, and Goldilocks rip the map to pieces while he is trying to make a wish, thanks to Perito's distraction. As a result, Puss rekindles his love for Kitty and adopts Perito, while Goldilocks accepts the bears as her family and departs with them to take over Horner's bakery business. Later, the group robs the governor of Del Mar of a ship, and they set sail for faraway land to visit some old friends. Is it giving sequel? Well, I guess this is like the third Puss and Boost movie we've gotten. But like, is it giving whatever is number four in a series? Um, I could definitely go for another one. But I also feel like it doesn't need another one. If we can get another Shrek and he plays a huge part in it. I feel like that would also suffice because I feel like this universe has so much to expand on. I mean, there's Donkey, like, no one talks about him. He's so goaded. And I feel like we can make a really good movie out of him. Um, You're right. Ginger, the gingerbread man. Like, oh, that would be, so, oh <laughs> be interesting. Oh, my God. They have so many quality characters. Like, I, I would just love for this universe to be expanded. Um, yeah, it could be, like, freaking... Avengers, bro. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> like, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy already said that he's down. He said he thinks there should be a donkey movie, and he would do it. There literally has to be, and I just love Donkey so much. He's the best comedic relief. Him and Shrek, the duality of them. But <laughs> I just want Perito and Donkey to hang out. They deserve each other. Honestly, they would balance each other out. Like, that would be so funny. Hilarious. I just need Gingerbread Man, uh, Donkey, Puruto, and Puss, and Shrek. All together. Like, the most overwhelming film ever. Literally, like, that would be so OP. Like, it would be too powerful if they executed the right way. And that's, like, an adult film. Like, I don't really care. Like, that. Like no kid is going to, like, don't even try to, like, make that for kids. That's just, like, that's going to be for us. Yeah, I thought it was so funny that they were censoring out Perito when they were doing their little roast session. <laughs> like, like, I think they know. Because <laughs> I feel like these newer generations, younger kids, like, they don't really have the same... Like, Shrek is not in a special pace in their heart. Like, that They're it is too grown. Us. Yeah, not even grown, but I feel like they, they like, different They like TikToking. Yeah, like, Frozen, <laughs> like, maybe Frozen, you know. Like, not even. I don't even trust them with that. I think those kids are a little older now, too. These kids just want, like, an iPad and to go on TikTok, and that's okay. But that's why they throw in those little moments in the movies for, like, the parents who are dragging their, like, four-year-olds to kind of, like, enjoy themselves and laugh a little. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like, a certain age group would, like, just be like, oh, these are characters on the screen. I don't need to know that there's their whole story. But um, I think if you can appeal to both and make both happy, 
And they did. On that note, what are we thinking? What are the charges? I'm I'm just gonna this is innocent. No charges are, are can be brought upon this movie at all. I'm gonna have to say also innocent. I'm surprised by you because you're normally a pretty big hater. And so I thought you were <laughs> going to say at the very least like an infraction. But no, this was truly such a perfect movie and it really tugs at your heartstrings, but it's engaging and it's a little scary and it has you kind of like on the edge of your seat, but there's also genuinely a plot. There's genuinely a message. There's genuinely a theme. You're not forcing it. I'm not lying to myself. And I like that. Like, I don't even have to vouch for it. I feel like the characters are just so... Each of them are just true to themselves. Like they act in a very logical, reasonable way, reasonable way that a character that is written like them would act in this specific universe. Um, it's just a, a, so much humanity in these characters, but it's still something so magical about them. I love the the animations. I love the pacing of the movie. It's mm-hmm. perfect. The pacing is perfect, and a lot of people get it wrong. Um, but perfect pacing animations plot villains theme i can come out with this movie with a lot and still gain a lot and that's just like it's just perfect just innocent like love 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 so good www yes 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 (laughs) no like actually (laughs) and i think it's so good too because as a person who you know grew up watching Shrek and the original Puss in Boots movie I was a little nervous um because a lot of times when people remake things that are not necessary to be remade they ruin it and they take away what was so good about it in the first place but this didn't do that it was so nice and so refreshing and just a blast from the past and I loved it it was like a hug And it made me happy. And it's truly innocent. This will probably be the first and last time something is innocent (laughs) on this podcast. Like, it had to be a cat movie, too. So, please. (laughs) Here we go. You know what? I'm really glad that we reviewed this. Because at first, I was like, you know, it's been out for kind of a minute. And also, um, I don't want to. But a lot of people were asking for it. And I'm so glad we went ahead and did this because now we don't sound like we hate everything. Now it's like, you know, we have a reference point. This is setting the bar. It definitely sets the bar. And it's going to be a hard bar for a lot of people to reach because it did a lot. And apparently this movie took a lot. Like, they started making it eight years ago or something. So, (laughs) wow, I believe it. No, literally. Like... They definitely went through the the gutter with this, but the outcome was perfect, and I have nothing to complain about. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Innocent. Love that for us. Wow. Well, look at us. Who would have thought? I guess we're done here. Thank you guys for coming. All right. Bye.